Hi friends, future Jillian here. I just wanted to pop in really quick and give you guys kind of a warning, but not really. Um, just a friendly reminder that you were listening to our earlier episodes. So at this point, we were still kind of figuring out our groove and figuring out what we were doing. And so please don't judge us on these ones. At least give some of the newer ones a listen. We really got into it around episode four or five, but we got our new microphones in episode nine. So you will notice quite a bit of a sound quality difference if you're listening backwards from our newest episodes to our first episodes. So just wanted to give you guys a heads up and thanks for listening. Welcome back to another episode of Murder and Misery. We are your hosts. My name is Heather. And my name is Jillian. We are back at it again with part two of the series of Betsy Faria. Mm -hmm. So we do have a little bit of a corrections corner. Uh, I said police department. It was the sheriff's department. In my eyes, they're the same thing, but they're two completely different departments. So, We just wanted to clarify that last week when we were like, the Troy police are very trusting. I feel like you need to be skeptical. I still feel like those things apply, but apparently we were talking about the incorrect entity. Yes. We were supposed to be talking about the Lincoln County Sheriff's Department. Yes. So, Troy Police Department, please do not come from my head or my pockets because we don't have enough money to be sued. We haven't got our ads turned on yet. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, we don't want to be spreading false information, so just wanted to clarify I don't think either of us really realized the intricacies of law enforcement in general. Did you? No, honestly, every time I saw a sheriff's department car, I just thought it was the sheriff of the police department, and I am an idiot. So, (laughs) I learned something new out of this. There we go. Um, Please do not make a drinking game out of our podcast. If you take a shot every time I say um or uh in the last episode, you will get alcohol poisoning. I am so sorry for that. Y'all don't even know, because (laughs) I edited out approximately 50% of the ums in the first episode, but I still had to leave some in, because we have to show growth. She literally had my sound bit memorized of me saying- wave. The sound wave of me saying um. Like, that's how bad it was. So, I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's not that big of a deal, but I did take some out, um, just so it was easier for everybody to listen to. Yeah. But if you want me to make a- compilation of every um that she said i could do that we could put it on our merch (laughs) if you guys want merch let us know so last week we discussed the case of betsy faria and we left off at the police being suspicious of russ's alibi today we're starting off with our favorite lady miss pam hub so pam was supposed to take a polygraph since she was being so cooperative with the police however when they went to do the test She said she had sustained a head injury, and this head injury would affect the test, therefore she couldn't take it. She even had a note from her doctor saying that she had this injury. Later we find out that her doctor didn't know of any head injury and just wrote Pam a letter because she asked him to do this. Pam tried to say that she didn't ask him to, but the doctor had the note that Pam gave him, which said, Dear Dr. Fisher, could you please write Detective Kaser a letter stating that I was not able to do a polygraph test due to medical reasons? Don't need to be any more detailed than that. So sketchy, but they believed her, (laughs) even though, even the lead detective issued a statement saying, based on the training and experience of dealing with hundreds of interviews with suspects and witnesses with victims, I did not see any signs of deception that would lead me to believe that she was indicating anything that was untrue to me. I, that does not make sense to me. Right, like, 
like I said last time, I don't know if Pam was sincerely confused, but she was either like genuinely confused about everything that was going on in her life or she's a really bad liar. Right. Like nothing was untrue except her changing her story 500 times. Yeah, it was just that, and I, I don't know which one is the truth because it literally changed. I think just the story about what she did when she was at her house, there's like six or five or six different versions. That's a lot. I feel like she's the person that will be like, hey, I went to Walmart earlier when she actually went to Target, just because. Just for fun. Just for funsies. I had a friend that did that one time. I had one in middle school that did that, and she literally would do that. Like, lie about being in Bowling Green when she was in Winsville. It made no sense to any of us. Yeah. I had a friend who one day was like, I was like, oh, what do you eat for lunch? And she said, oh, I ate chicken nuggets for McDonald's. And then she was like, no, I didn't. I don't know why I said that. I ate Burger King. Compulsive. And I was like, wait, what? Why did, like, how did that just come out of your mouth? And she was like, I have no idea. So then I was like, does this happen a lot? I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of weird. But anyway. Well, she would like, she wouldn't even correct herself. Like, she would stick with the story, even though she would like post about being in Bowling Green on Facebook. She'd be like, no, like, I went to Winsville last night posted about being in Bowling Green. Like, what do you mean? So, yeah. Okay, so, anyway. uh, Remember how last week when I said that Russ took his polygraph and they told him he failed? Yes, I do. Well, the person representing Russ tried to find the results and turns out there were no results. Russ had been up for over 30 hours. He had marijuana in his system. I wrote Mary Jane because I don't know how to spell marijuana. But he had marijuana in his system, and if you binge-watch the Steve Wilkos show like I do, or have been doing for the last month, then you know that you can't test someone like that because the results would not be accurate. So pretty much they did a fake test and just told him he failed, which is apparently legal. Wait, what? Yeah. I don't understand. So they couldn't test him because you can't test somebody that's on drugs. When did they do the test? Was it like right away, or... Yeah, it was like, I think it was like a day or two after they oh, found. Okay. No, actually, I, I think just it was the night they found her because he was I remember up for you 30 saying, hours. I remembered you saying before that when he was at his friend's house, they had, and yeah, they were smoking weed at his friend's house. So I didn't know if they did it like literally right there, which would be insane because I, I thought that you had to like go to a place and do all that. So I just didn't know if they did it right away. Well, since it said that they, this was... I also feel like if you did it right away, you would be in extreme distress. Oh, yeah. You just found your wife dead. Right. And the lack of sleep and everything. Like, I know when I watch Steve Wilkos, I love you, Steve, if you watch this. Anyway, when I watch him, like, if somebody has anything in their system at all, they will not test them. Because you could test somebody that's on marijuana or something, and they could be way off the charts when they're actually telling the truth, and it says they're lying. Like, you just can't get accurate results because of that. And also, I would assume your mind is in a different place when you've been awake for 30 hours straight being interrogated, so. I could imagine that as well. Yeah. I need a lot of sleep. Yeah, for sure. Especially when your literal life depends on this test. Right. It's just crazy that they were like, oh, here's this test. Oh, yeah, you failed. And then everybody was okay with that. I don't know. So, um, the trial began on November 18th of 2013. Whoa. That's a long, that's a long wait. For the trial? Yeah, she was found December 27th. I just have, like, all these dates memorized. That you I don't have any of the dates memorized, so. so... she was found on December 27th. It was two days after Christmas. Mm-hmm. So, and then the trial didn't happen for almost a year. I think that's pretty pretty common, though. I think so, too, but that's just kind of crazy. Yeah. I think it's 
I think that's normal, but I think it shouldn't be normal. Is yeah. really what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I know uh, a lot of the cases, it takes sometimes years, literal years, for them to even have their day in court, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, so it began on November 18th of 2013. In court, the case was made that Betsy had been murdered because Russ, her husband, had a lot of student debt from going back to school when they first met. Because when they first met, Betsy encouraged him to go back to school. So he did, and I guess student he Student loans are real. Yeah, well... <laughs> He had a lot of debt from that, as most of us do. So the prosecutor said that that's why he killed her. Keep in mind, at the time of the murder, only Pam knew she was the sole beneficiary of Betsy's life insurance. Remember last week how we said that they didn't find blood on Russ anywhere? Yes. So police just assumed that he cleaned up before calling 911? Yes. Well, I was they, very suspicious of that. Well, they tested the drains in the house, and there was no blood anywhere. So he could, if he did, he... Must have ran to a neighbor's house. Right. And the nine minutes he I, had. Yeah, I understand. that It doesn't make sense, but I still feel like his behavior was odd. Like, oh, if he yeah. didn't have any blood on his shoes from walking over to her or on his hands or anything from being, like, I don't know, going up to her, like, seeing what was happening, that's strange to me, too. Yeah. I will say I have witnessed a couple of people dying, and everybody's reaction is completely different, though. They're, like, you, whenever issues like that happen or like casualties especially if they're not like if it's like a, a horrific accident like they're everybody's reaction is just completely different like there are some people that will run in and help and there's some people that will run away because they're scared you know yeah so i mean i don't want to say that his reaction is like normal because i feel like if i was in that position i would have at least ran over and like checked yeah but then you also see a lot of cases where somebody's significant other has been dead and then they find the their partner covered in their blood because they went over and like was like shaking them and then they ended up getting like charged with their murder because they come to the crime scene and they're covered in their blood so i i hear you i just can't i don't know it's just a little bit strange to me yeah i think this whole case is just strange i agree with that. <laughs> None of it makes sense i'm not saying that it's not <laughs> I'm just saying that is something that sticks out to me. I do, like, it's not that I think that he did it. I mm -hmm. just think that it's a little bit odd. Right. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Because, well, I agree with you. I would have at least checked their pulse or something, but. Or, and I'm not even saying that he had to run up and touch her. Like, I feel like it's pretty clear if there's blood everywhere. But I think I would at least go over. I can't imagine that he wouldn't at least go over and look. Yeah. You know what I mean? But even if he had walked over and looked, there would be some on his shoes. And it very well could be that he did. And when they're saying that there was no blood on him anywhere, like maybe they just aren't counting that. Or maybe they just didn't report that it was on the bottom of his feet or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So it could just be that he did look or that he did walk over or whatever. And they just reported it sensationally because mm -hmm. our news is sensational like we yeah. we know that right um so it very well could be that but if he didn't i think it's a little strange and yeah. that's just my opinion well i kind of agree though but i know you don't know the outcome of this so you're like i know he didn't do it but do you know he didn't do it i don't know that he didn't do it so i'm just saying it's it seems like pam seems like she's trying to 
figure out something here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Right. It seems like Pam's trying to figure out her story. Well, whether or not Pam did it, she's a psychopath, so. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, so um, during the trial, it was made known that the forensic camera that they had used at the scene wasn't working. So they had no pictures, no evidence, or anything like that. Uh, Are you joking? No, I wish I was. So this is the way- <laughs> I don't know much about true crime, but this is the weirdest thing I've ever heard of in my life. Yeah. Like, no crime scene photos. I, I don't want to say no crime scene evidence. They had no no photos of the crime scene because the camera just wasn't working. So, um, they noted that there was no bloody shoe prints, not even from the slippers that they found in the closet. And also, the estimated time of death didn't fit the story. So. <laughs> what story? The story, the story of his alibi and stuff like that or you know how they said like oh like he would have nine minutes to kill it didn't make any sense yeah no it Um, doesn't make any sense so it didn't make sense because the time of death was likely before 7 21 and we know that he for sure did not leave his friend's house until a little after yeah because the the arby's receipt was nine o'clock 909 but remember they threw that out the window i know but he I'm saying in my mind he went to Arby's. Right. In my mind the receipt counts because in my mind I'm obsessed with Arby's. And you know and if he I were it. <laughs> and if I were him I would have gone to Arby's. That's all I'm saying. Right. So um, since it didn't fit the story or the narrative that they had the prosecutor had they said that Betsy's body could have went into cadaveric spasm which is exceedingly rare and is mostly found in cases of death by electrocution. It's when the body stiffens up very quickly rather than the average, which is two to six hours it takes for rigor mortis to set in. Um, Again, Russ didn't get home until a little after 9.30, and even if he didn't stop at Arby's on his way home, everyone confirmed that he left his friend's house around 9. So when the medical examiner said the time of death was most likely before 7.21, they had to think of a way to make it work, which is when they played the cadaveric spasm card. Make it make sense. Literally, that's what she was trying to do. Make it make sense. Um, so the jury was convinced Russ... The jury was convinced that Russ did it. Even Betsy's daughters testified against him in court. Whoa. Right. Um, I feel what, like that changes things. Well, literally, like... Like we said before, we can only imagine what the media portrayed and everybody just takes it as fact. And they had absolutely no no recollection of most of the things that that happened with Pam um I know that you have your notes written out but do you know what they said the daughters well the daughters said I don't have it written down but they said that things weren't always happy like they did argue and I think they said something like it wasn't the Brady Bunch house so basically they were like yeah they argued that's what they said in court which sounds absolutely crazy after everything we've heard about Pam, but what's even crazier is that the judge wouldn't allow the court to bring up the fact that Pam was the new beneficiary of Betsy's life insurance. They could say that Russ killed Betsy for her insurance, but not that Pam conveniently was the beneficiary of it. Apparently that had no connection to the case, so they couldn't even bring it up, that or her phone records. They tried bringing up why she had changed her story so many times, but the prosecutor objected and the judge accepted... Her objection. I mean, really, that makes sense to me, though, because the the court case is not Russ versus Pam. It's, did Russ murder her, yes or no? Right. You know what I mean? Basically making it seem like he's the only suspect, which I think is very sketchy. 
I do, yeah, I do see why they would want to introduce another suspect, but I can also see why the judge would be like, we're not talking about Pam, we're talking about Russ. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Well, as the trial was coming to an end, the prosecuting attorney made her final statement about what she thought happened the night of Betsy's murder. Russ had decided this plan when Betsy texted him about not needing a ride home anymore. According to them, Russ left his phone at the friend's house, and then he made all of those stops to create an alibi before he went home to kill Betsy. When he got home, he had sex with her to establish control. After they had sex, Russ murdered Betsy, stabbing her 55 times, then showered, got redressed, put their dog outside, and called 911. None of that makes sense, though, um, because but Betsy did have eight, only eight, of Russ's sperm cells um, when they were performing the autopsy, and Russ did say that they had sex two days before her murder. Also, Betsy was found fully clothed, so, like, they had sex and then he redressed her to murder her. It does not make any sense to me. Um, yeah, I'm very confused where that came in. Right. Just because we did not talk about that at all last week. Right. Well, and it's like, I mean, I, I'm not a doctor, but I feel like there's a lot more than eight sperm cells. I, would, I think <laughs> in, so, too. In a setting. So, but they only found eight, um, which does correlate with them having that two days prior. But this is the prosecutor's um, case. So it's he, a story. It is. It is a story. It is a wild tale. He did have, here's, here we are at Arby's again. He had the receipt from Arby's, but like I mentioned previously, they said that his friend got it for him and then dropped it off. why do they say that? Because it wouldn't make sense. He wouldn't be able to have made it home in time if he did I know. stop. I, I understand that, but why do they say you clearly didn't go to Arby's? Why don't they say you clearly didn't do it? It doesn't make sense to me. Because it's their job is to convict him, really. Their job is to find the person who did it, not to convict a random person. I mean, yeah. Not that he's random. He's her husband. But you know what I mean. Right. Like, if he's not the guy, why are they focusing on him so hard? Right. Like, what reason do they have to believe that the Arby's receipt is fake? Not Other that it's than... fake, but that the friend got it. I know. That's yeah. what I mean. Right. I, it's a fake alibi. Yeah. You know what I mean? What reason do they have to believe that he didn't get it? Like, I understand that it doesn't fit their story, but why do they think that it's okay to decide that it wasn't that? Like, why do they think a friend got it? Well, is there a real reason, or is it just because they need somebody to say, take the blame? Yeah. I honestly, like, obviously, everything that we say is our own opinion. Um, I have heard things about the law enforcement that was involved that wanted to pin, pin it for a specific reason and of course this is all hearsay and we can't say that i'm very intrigued well i have no idea what you're about to say no really that's just it that they just had a, a vendetta and wanted to pin it against him of course this is hearsay since we do live in this small town people talk and this um, growing city this amazing beautiful city that my mom said everyone should move to when she heard our first episode. <laughs> I actually do like Troy, so. I I will literally never move out of here, so I, I. I do kind of consider it a small town, but that's probably because I live outside of Troy, not like in the middle of Troy. I live right outside the city limits, so I get the best of both worlds. Right. But I will anyway. say. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> okay, so with the whole Arby's receipt thing, when she said that, she literally accused not just Russ, but his friends. She 
accused four people of murder in the courtroom with absolutely no evidence linking any of them to her death. They didn't even have real evidence tying Russ to this, but they threw all of his friends under the bus with him. During court, they even tried to say that killing was involved in his roleplay game, which didn't make any sense because apparently one of Russ's characters in this game was like a monk, and I haven't heard of too many monks um, enjoying violence and cold-blooded murder. murder. (laughs) Yeah, I don't really think that's part of monkhood. No, but that's that's what they brought up in court. Um, The final quote being said before the jury went back to deliberate was said by the prosecuting attorney, and she said, quote, Russ is guilty and there is no evidence pointing anywhere else. Okay, we live in the United States of America where you are innocent until proven guilty. Mm-hmm. Do I like that system all the time? No. Because some crimes are hard to prove. But I don't feel like it's okay to say. No. <laughs> Even though we have no evidence that this man has murdered his wife, he did it. Right. Um, And we don't believe that, but unfortunately after four and a half hours... The jury did and sentenced Russ to life in prison without the possibility of parole. I did not expect that. Yeah, and that's the case of Betsy Faria. Like, that's how it ended? No, absolutely not. (laughs) So, uh, right before the trial, Pam put $100,000 on an account saying it was for Betsy's daughters. Since it was so abrupt, Russ's attorney actually asked Pam off of the books, why did it take her so long to do this? And she said it was because she had been dealing with her mother and her Alzheimer's. Fair enough, except her mother did not have Alzheimer's, and she had recently died. Not of Alzheimer's. I'm telling you, Pam must be confused. Oh, yes. Like, maybe... She has, maybe has Alzheimer's. Well, I wouldn't say that. But, like, she clearly has some cognitive difficulties. I don't know. Yeah. Or, like, again, she must just be a really bad liar. Yeah. Like, there are only two options. Either that she has, like, some sort of cognitive disability, or... She's a really, really bad liar. Yeah. In my mind. I don't know her. This is just my I don't opinion. know her either, but... Anyway. We can only make a judgment. Continue on. Her mom didn't even have Alzheimer's. Her mom did not die of Alzheimer's. Her mom actually died when she fell from the third-story balcony of her assisted living facility. Yes. They, f- <laughs> they found that she had eight times the recommended dose of Ambien in her system. And of no. course... Our best friend Pam slept over the night she died. Oh my gosh. Right. So Pam actually told the staff that her mom... I need to know, is Pam alive? I'm not going to say that. Oh no. I need to know. (laughs) Pam actually told the staff that her mom would not be down for dinner or breakfast the next day. Oh my gosh. She's crazy. Well, no one heard from her mom until they found her body the day after. They ruled it an accident what? and thought maybe she was confused and took too much medicine and then fell. Which now is, that does happen. I it will does. Say. It's possible, but with everything going on, I just don't feel like that's a coincidence. Also, how did I don't understand how they didn't find her sooner? She literally fell from a balcony. Right, and it it was said that she has like is, the rails. This is more or less irrelevant, probably, to the case, but. I feel bad that this woman was outside by herself. Yeah. I, that, I I also thought of that, and I don't know if she maybe fell into bushes. I'm not quite sure how the living facility was set up. I think it was in Fenton. Um, nice. That's where I used to live. Yeah. Well, um, but they said that they found her with, like, some of the railing next to her, but 
they also said that it wasn't even, like, the main support beam for the balcony. So they were, like, confused, but still they had no reason um, to suspect anything and thought maybe she really did just fall. Which I'm sure a lot of people would have believed that until we remember that Pam literally said how much her mom's life insurance I policy forgot. was. Oh my gosh, that was one of the things that drove me crazy last week. Because she had said, if I wanted money, I would have just killed my mom or my husband. They have bigger life insurance policies anyway. Right. Oh um, my her gosh. Mom's, her mom's name was Shirley Newman, by the way. Rest so. in peace, Shirley R.I.P. Uh, fast forward to 2014, Betsy's daughters ended up filing a wrongful death lawsuit against Pam. Remember how Pam set up that $100,000 trust for the girls right before the trial? Yes. Yeah. They never got any of it. And what? Pam actually drained that account a couple weeks after the trial. Fun fact, <laughs> right before Russ's trial, Pam and her husband had just bought a new house, and the lead detective on the case made Pam set up the account for the girls for her appearance's sake. The lead detective? Mm-hmm. Aren't detectives supposed to be neutral? Does anything about this case sound neutral? No, but I'm just saying, in theory, are they supposed to be neutral? I I, I believe think so. so. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Well, because of this, the daughters requested an immunity motion that shockingly was granted, making this the fourth time in Missouri's history that a immunity motion was granted. Which I is, don't know what immunity motion means. It is a pretrial motion to dismiss criminal charges under the authority of 776 dot zero two three two where it is apparent that the accused person acted in self-defense and used only the degree of force that was necessary necessary to defend himself or herself that seems not applicable to this case are we talking okay did betsy's daughters file that for russ no no they do well i don't know it just said that they filed it against pam but i would assume i don't know what that means that's okay I don't know. I just figured it was, they sued her because they didn't get any other money, which I would have too. Oh, yeah. Um, Remember, also, her life insurance was $150,000. Yeah, and she only put 100000 in the bank account. Right. Um, Where's the other fifty? Pam? She said that the 50000 she was giving to a 12-year-old um, who, like, I believe just lost her mom to cancer or something, and that Betsy would have wanted her to do that. And then when somebody asked, well, don't you think Betsy would have wanted her daughter? She said, no. She would have wanted me to have it. Oh. Yeah. Literally. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Russ's new trial started I just in... don't even know what to say anymore. <laughs> I don't think there's a lot you can say on this. Russ's new trial started on June of 2015. This was a bench trial, which meant there was no jury. And... It was just the judge's, the judge's decision to make the ruling. But luckily, in this one, they had found over 100 photos that were of the crime scene with the camera that didn't work. They magically found them. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. These photos changed literally everything because they severely contradicted the story that was presented in the original trial... Like the evidence that there had been no attempt to clean up the scene and that the blood on Russ's slippers had been put there on purpose. And now I will say, um, I didn't write this down, but this was not the same judge as the first trial. Nice. Uh, they had actually lint a judge from St. Louis County. So, different judge obviously was not dealing with any BS that went on in the first uh, trial. 
So it seems that we have missing evidence as well as fabricated evidence. How could this happen? Perhaps something fishy going on inside the sheriff's office? Well, during the second trial, it was found that the prosecuting attorney and the captain of investigations were allegedly having an affair during the original trial. Um, speaking of affairs, they found a copy of one of Pam's interviews where she said that her and Betsy were not best friends, and they were actually lovers. You're joking. I'm not. I'm not. Though Pam made sure that they knew that they were not lesbians, but that Russ and his abuse had pushed Betsy away, and that she was planning on leaving Russ, and that Pam was more of a husband figure to Betsy before she was killed. I am so confused by this woman. Yeah. She even went as far as to say that Russ caught her and Betsy making love a few weeks before her murder, and that Russ had grabbed Pam by her neck and yelled that he would bury them both in the backyard if they did it again. Also, a fun side bit is that Pam was actually known to be very homophobic. Oh. Yeah. And she wanted to clarify they were not lesbians. Yeah. She was just a husband figure. Okay. To the, her lover, who was a woman. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So, about a month prior to the new trial, Pam had miraculously, miraculously recovered this memory, because remember her head trauma that she said... Yeah, she told the doctor that she couldn't take the test or whatever. Yeah, and she also said that she took a lot of Ambien that messed with her memory. She must have gotten it from her mother, apparently. Yeah. Um, she said that when she dropped Betsy off, she saw two guys in... Russ's car, one of them being Russ himself. Oh my gosh. She just remembered. I, okay, well, at the beginning she remembered that she saw, I don't remember the car, I think it was like a Toyota something, and then she saw, it wasn't a car, it was actually an SUV, mm -hmm. and now I'm, I'm like, what, I, I make it all make sense. They're trying, trust me. <laughs> so, um, they also were able to recover this magical document that was no. an email. no. Yes, the email. I thought it was a file. The email that turned into a file on Betsy's computer. The document was found from Microsoft Windows 97, which had never been installed on Betsy's computer. It was also listed as uh, unknown under the author, which none of her other files were saved this way. Um, but I do have a portion from the file that was read in court. It says, and I quote, I know we talked about this yesterday, but I feel I really need you to believe me. I really do feel that Russ is going to do something to me. He continually tells me how much money he would make after I die. Last night was the worst. I fell asleep on the couch while watching TV. I woke up to Russ holding a pillow over my face. He said he wanted me to know what dying feels like. I need to change my life insurance. Do you think I could put it in your name and you could help my daughters when they need it? If something happens to me, would you please let show this to the police? Which everyone knew was absolute BS and did they know that? her friends. Yes. Okay, thank God. I was like, these people are going to believe for again and I just can't take it. Right, and like, Betsy had like, best friends since childhood that she was super close to. So they're like, there's absolutely no way. Because remember in the first Well, also, court, why would you not just put it to your children? Well, she, Pam said that she didn't trust them either because I believe they were... Then why would she say, please give this money to my children if she didn't want it to go to her children? Well, she email. said if, when they need it. Oh, when they that in makes the sense. email okay or the file the email that was a file, I the the email that turned into a file on Windows ninety seven that wasn't on her computer ever. <laughs> um, okay, so they knew it wasn't real. Yes, and but remember they couldn't even say anything about the life insurance policy in the first case. Right. I'm so this was like all new information to everyone. 
The prosecutor, who was still the same as the original case, tried to prevent a lot of information from being aired in court, but unlike the original judge, um, they, she was not getting her away. Finally, they get to air all the information about the life insurance, the phone records, um, that were blocked in the first trial. Pam was at the trial in the beginning, though she was never called to the stand and left before they had even officially read the statement that had quitted, that acquitted Russ of all of his charges. A few years later, he filed a lawsuit against the prosecutor and a few detectives for ignoring and fabricating evidence. And last year, he settled for $2 million, as he should, because I cannot imagine being stuck in prison for a crime you didn't commit, but especially for the murder of your loved one knowing you're innocent while her killer is still out there. But thankfully, Russ is now a free man, and that is actually the end of this messed up case. Nice. Just kidding. <laughs> Again. <laughs> okay, but, okay, so that's not the end. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Does Russ come back into suspicion? Or is Russ, like, good? Russ is good. Okay, I just wanted to make sure, because you know we've been up and down and yeah. up and down. I won't okay. mess with your emotions anymore. Thank you. <laughs> I can't keep going. I'm really glad that if he's innocent, he's, like, he's gotten what he deserves. I'm glad I mean? he got his two million. Good for him. Yeah. Honestly. Do you know, and you very well could not know, do you know if um, Betsy's daughters and Russ have... Rekindled. Connected at all? Yeah. From what I had, I had watched videos on it. Um, they obviously said how hard it was. I think her daughters were 17 and 21 when her, their mom was murdered. But apparently they had gotten, like, letters, like, very mean letters about Russ and all this stuff, which they now believe that Pam was, like, sending them letters like this. Just crazy. It seems like that could be the case. Yeah. But now I, I believe they're good. And Russ um, just is living his free life working on his motorcycles. No, that's great. I just, I think everybody needs somebody. And mm -hmm. he obviously lost his wife and they obviously lost their mom. So I was just thinking it would be a nice ending to the story if they were able to reconnect in some way. Yeah. I know right. it wouldn't be the same, but anyway. Right. So after Russ was set free in August of 2016, 911 got a call from who other than Pam Hupp. During the call, we hear Pam screaming for help and saying that someone broke into her house. And then we hear five gunshots. Police arrived to the residence of Pam Hupp to find Louis Grumpenberger dead. Pam said Louis, who was just 33 at the time, had tried to attack her in her driveway and held a knife to her throat, asking her for Russ's money. Luckily, Pam said she was able to break free and run inside to grab her gun. According to Pam, Louis had followed her into the house, so she shot him. When interviewed, Pam said that she didn't know anyone named Russ and didn't have his money. But thankfully, when they interviewed her the second time, she remembered who Russ Faria was. So, how did Lewis get involved, you might wonder? Well, Pam had actually been pretending to be a producer for Dateline NBC. She had went up to a woman a week prior and asked her to help reenact a 911 call for $1,000. Thankfully, the woman thought it was super odd and turned Pam down and, and ended up reporting this to the police department. And had even given them video footage of Pam asking her that she recorded on her home security camera. Unfortunately, after this woman turned Pam's voice acting career opportunity down, Pam went to ask, went on to ask more people. The one saying yes being Lewis. Lewis had actually sustained a severe brain damage in 2005 after a serious car accident. So he lived with his mother and rarely went out alone, except for short walks around the neighborhood when Pam found him. It's also worth noting that Lewis had other injuries from this crash that left him with a limp and limited use of one of his hands, which would make it extremely hard to attack anyone. 
Lewis's body was found with a note and $900 and $100 bills. The note said to get Russ's money from Pam and to leave the money in the woodpile outside of Russ's house, then to kill Pam in order to get the rest of his payment. Russ didn't have a woodpile outside of his house, but he used to, and the security footage from a neighbor's house showed Pam driving through the neighborhood casing Russ's house. Thankfully, things stopped going her way, and she was charged with first-degree murder for killing Lewis. When they brought her in for interrogation, she actually tried to end her life with a pen. Thankfully, she failed and can be held accountable for what she did. So, she literally, there's video of it, um, she had... When she was in the interrogation room, she had, like, hidden a pen that was on the table and then asked to go to the bathroom. And then she tried to find her jugular vein and, like, stab herself in her jugular vein. Like a writing pen? Ballpoint pen. Okay. Yeah. And then, like, in her wrist, but, like, they found her. So her mugshot actually looks like she has, like, maxi pads around her neck. I just... I'm speechless. Yeah. I feel really bad for Lewis. Rest in peace, Lewis. Right. That's horrible. Mm-hmm. So now she's probably killed three people. Right. Because Betsy, Pam's mom, and Lewis. Yes, but thankfully, everything. Poor, oh, poor Lewis. Like, he literally did nothing. He was just taking a walk around right. the neighborhood. And he had, like, severe developmental delay. Like, he had cognitive well, issues. Well, that's not a developmental delay. That's, like, a TBI. Uh, yeah. Well, he had, like... Brain injury. He had issues, like, comprehending yeah. things. Yeah. So, it's crazy. Like, apparently she had, where she found the, the woman, she was just walking around a trailer park, driving around, trying to ask people if they needed $1,000, which Date, uh, Dateline had actually done a bunch of episodes on the whole case before when it was still Russ, and she would constantly, like, message them and, like, give them more details that she remembered to try and sway them that way. So, the fact that she was, like, pretending to be a Dateline NBC producer is... Yeah, that's crazy. crazy. And also that she's, like, stalking Russ. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because he had a woodpile outside of his house. So. I mean, that's not uncommon, but. No. It's just strange. And then, I mean, I'm glad that his neighbor had the security footage to be like, no, really, she's following you around. Right. You would or, think like, you would have gotten, like, restraining order, too. Oh, 100%. Right. I do feel like maybe that should have been the first thing to do after you get out of I mean, prison. He might have had one, <laughs> Or though. jail, or wherever he was. Probably prison. But I, he might have had one. I'm not sure. Um, it didn't, I couldn't find anything on it. But I would have gotten one. Um, so, fast forward to 2019. One of my very good friends, Mike Wood, who is the new prosecuting attorney of Lincoln County, decided to reopen the case of Betsy Faria and on July 12th announced that Pam Hupp had been charged with first-degree murder and armed Whoa. criminal action. Yes. In the stabbing case of Betsy Faria. Holy cannolis. I know. And we love Mike. I met him uh, when he first moved to Detroit before he even ran for prosecuting attorney. And we stand him to the fullest extent. So um, he actually made a statement, which I think sums up how we all feel about this case. So I'm going to read that. Okay. Um, so this is a... A statement from Mike Wood, the prosecuting attorney of Lincoln County. So as you may know, I'm here to announce that we have filed murder charges in the first degree against Pamela Hupp in the stabbing death of Betsy Faria. For a decade, this case has loomed large as a dark cloud over Lincoln County. And in late December 2018, as I was sworn in as prosecuting attorney, I knew we had to work diligently to begin a thorough review of the facts surrounding Betsy's death. 
After a complete and comprehensive review and investigation, I came to the conclusion that for beyond a reasonable doubt, Pamela Hupp killed Betsy Faria, and I believe her motivation was simply for greed. Just four days prior to Betsy's death, Pam Hupp became the sole beneficiary of Betsy Faria's $150,000 life insurance policy. The facts in this case are quite simply indisputable. Pamela Hupp was the last person to see Betsy alive, and the cell phone records indicate that she was at or near the home at the time of death. She knew that Betsy's husband would not be home that night, and she lied about her whereabouts. She lied about the details, and lastly, she murdered an innocent man in cold blood to prevent herself from being considered a suspect. So, that was July 12th of this year, and as of last month, the latest update is that the prosecutors have agreed to drop the armed criminal action charge on the basis of statute of limitations. Mike Wood said that his office had originally believed the statute of limitations on the armful criminal action charge, which carries a mandatory jail sentence, would not apply because it was tied to a murder charge. In a statement, Wood wrote, it won't affect our case moving forward, so we'll not challenge that new case law. I'm a little confused. Who, who's the, who's armed? What, what? Be- uh, Pam was armed with a steak knife. Oh. When? When she stabbed Betsy. And they're going to drop those charges? I guess. Russ Faria said that he was a little disappointed in the development and that he wanted her to face the same charges as he did 10 years ago. But he said, at least she's facing the murder charge. And I think that they're still being very diligent to go after the death penalty. And I think she's still going to be punished for the crimes that she committed. And that is, for real this time, the ending to the case of Betsy Faria, Shirley Newman, and Louis Grumpenberger, who all lost their lives due to the greed of one evil lady. But also, I do want to add that in 2017, they did change the cause of death for Pam's mom from accidental to undetermined, but I could not find anything on it after that. Yeah. Well, she should be held accountable, but we know. (laughs) We know. (laughs) Especially since she couldn't remember because she had to, uh, she had taken Ambien. I know. That is a big red flag. Where's Pam? She's currently in, I believe, prison. Okay. I don't think she's in Lane County Jail. Well, I would hope not. I, I don't know what prison. Maybe Bowling Green. Okay. But I don't think they just send them to the closest prison. I don't think so either. I think they normally actually send them far away. Is she, like, awaiting death? Like, um, I'm just so curious. I believe that they're, like... I think Mike said that they should have, like, a sentence for her in December. But the update for the armed criminal action charge was the last charge that I found, which was in September of this year. So that's the last thing that I could find on it. But we stand Mike Wood in this house. Wikipedia states nothing about Betsy on Pam's page. At least at the beginning. I'm going to go down and see if there's anything else. But like the top little summary or whatever mm-hmm. only talks about Lewis. Is it her mugshot though? This? God, you have to see her mugshot. I had a friend dress up as her for Halloween. She is in life. She has life in prison without parole. Oh, well, yeah, because actually, remember, she was already sentenced to life for the case of Lewis. Right. But the the case for Betsy won't be determined until, like, December, I think, is what he said. Oh, okay, I didn't realize that. So they are trying to go for the death penalty. 
Well, she's I just, already served oh, a life in prison. Because you had mentioned that, and I was like, well, testimony. Please. This is her after she tried to kill herself. Maxi pads. I've seen that yeah. picture before. You probably have friends dress up as her, too. This is what we do in Missouri. We dress up as serial killers, but... She is a serial killer at this isn't point. Isn't it? I, isn't it, like... How many people does it take to kill before two. you're a serial killer? Is it really two? I don't know, but I feel like it should be. We're going to Google. Anyway. <laughs> what is the criteria to become a serial killer? Maybe I shouldn't Google that. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, after everything that I watch and all all the stuff I've done for this, my FBI agent in my phone is probably very concerned. Um, Go to your incognito tab on Google. I'm you always in my incognito enough. tab. But... Are you really? Well, oh, then yeah. your FBI agent doesn't even know. He's listening to us right now. <laughs> well, he might be listening to us, but when you type your little fingers, he don't know. If he could send me an ad um, that About has Arby's? his opinion. <gasps> no, because when I was like, when I was like listening to Mike's, um statement the arby's ad came up and i don't think that's a coincidence maybe that's it's not a coincidence we all know that they listen to us we all know it's well, not even like up for debate anymore. The, the algorithm but i don't i'm still on the fence of whether or not the fbi is listening i don't think the fbi is listening simply because there are not enough fbi agents to listen to all of us all the time true you know what i mean right i do feel like there are probably some people that the fbi listen to all the time Oh, yeah, they tap their phones. Right. But I don't think that the FBI cares enough about me. I would hope they care about me. I, I mean, maybe not. I don't think they do. But I just want someone to care about me. <laughs> I care about you, but I don't think the FBI cares enough to listen to all the crazy things. Okay. According to Wikipedia, so sorry for cutting you off. Okay. A serial killer is typically a person who murders three or more. So she is. Pamela Hupp is a serial killer. You heard it here first. <laughs> but this is allegedly just our opinion. For Alleg- legal purposes. This is allegedly our opinion? Yeah. Nice. I do believe she killed her mom, but... I do too. We do have to say that allegedly killed her mom. Yeah. Since that has not been confirmed. Well. That was a roller coaster, huh? I'm now informed. I am surprised that I didn't know all of this. I have seen that picture. So... I guess I just never took the time to click on anything, but I'm glad that Russ is no longer in prison Mm -hmm. because he does not deserve to be in prison. I'm glad that Pam is in prison because she does deserve to be in prison. Forever. Uh, And then I'm still confused about Pam. And also I didn't look this up, but I do know her husband eventually divorced her. So I feel like... In between that time, maybe he knew. Well, I don't know if he knew or if he was just worried he was going to be the next victim. But also, but another if he, thing. If he was worried about that, then he knew. Well, she had tried to tell people. It says her spouse is Mark Hupp. They got a divorce. He filed for a divorce. I know he did because I seen it on Facebook a couple years ago. Yes, because Facebook is the best place to get our news. Yes. Locals <laughs> know more than Fox News. Um, Mark Hupp is the partner of Pam Hupp is what it says online. Hang on. I do see this Fox News. Yeah, he uh, filed for divorce in 2020. Yeah, this says that too. See? Facebook is realistic. No. Listen, y'all. Do not get your news from Facebook. It is not the best place. I'm just saying. Always check what you see on Facebook. Our local, like, Troy groups on Facebook, especially when Mike reopened the case, they were hot with tea. Really? Because, I mean, obviously, like... People of friends of Betsy and Russ, like, were commenting about how, like, absolutely crazy it was at the time. So. 
this was crazy. I am glad that the Arby's receipt was real <laughs> because the Arby's in this case is really what kept me going. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like I said, I'm still confused. Like Pam is clearly a little bit crazy because you have to be a little bit crazy to murder somebody. Three people. A lot crazy. Yeah. But she's such a bad liar. I, I it blows think... my mind that she got away with it for so long. Well, that's because what's she's crazy. such a bad liar. And there is there is uh, lawsuits or pending investigations on the prosecuting attorney and some of the people involved because they did like butcher this and and there's a lot of people that say that they actually I think I had it somewhere here that they actually like tried to get rid of evidence evidence yeah. on purpose like purposefully destroy evidence that would prove Russ's innocence so yeah and that's not okay obviously right but I will also say that none of the people that were involved in the original trial like the judge the prosecuting attorney and the lead investigator apparently he's like doesn't even live in the state anymore according to my mom so um, none of them are involved I don't really have any other thoughts. Well, are you true crime fan? Do you like my shirt? I like hearing about true crime. It's just... I get a little spooked out sometimes. But this format is not scaring me. Well, yeah, because, you know, she's in jail. Well, I did know that last week when I went home. But I'm just saying, like, it's... Because we're, like, just chatting about it, mm-hmm. and it's not, like, spooky music and, right. like, all Betsy that. Betsy Wetsy's in a different room. Thank God. We had to remove Betsy Wetsy from the room. Betsy Wetsy gives me the creeps. If you don't recall, Betsy Wetsy is Jill's haunted doll. That is not actually haunted, because... She looks haunted, y'all. She's from the Great Depression, but I do believe if haunted dolls are real, that she definitely has some issues. However, I love her, and I think she's beautiful, and she was the very first peeing baby doll that was ever invented and she's great that's actually kind of a fun fact but betsy wetsy has seen some stuff (laughs) betsy wetsy may or may not be haunted she appears to be haunted so i would rather just stay away from her i will say that my great-grandmother actually sewed her gown that's um, so sweet but it does look like a hospital gown a hundred percent so it adds to it adds to the creep factor but i love her um, very much the worst part about it is betsy wetsy has a doll herself so it's like doll inception i got i went to the amish people and i got a doll and it doesn't have a face because they don't believe in that it's and creepy I thought, I thought she needed a friend it's creepy to me it's not creepy to Jill. I love her. Well, she was my grandma's. I will say, she was my grandma's, so. You have an attachment. I do not have an attachment. I have a fear. It's okay. Everybody needs but a little fear. At any rate, do you, do we want to tease what we're doing next? I don't know if I'm going to tell you. You'll have to wait to find out. Just like everybody else that's listening right now. So, thank you to all of our viewers. All the ones that are just our friends listening. Okay, so right now um we are only on spotify and google podcast so if you're on there give us a follow make sure you're listening every week turn on your alerts if you can and hopefully we'll be up on apple podcast soon but we really appreciate you guys listening in and feel free to give us feedback if you have it you can either um chat with us on our instagram which is linked in the show notes below or contact us personally if you know us and on tiktok oh and on tiktok also linked below And with that being said, we'll see you next week. Bye.